Welcome to ADRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technologies ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program, with support from the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service. Hi, this is Rich Myers with NCAT. In this episode, Omar Rodriguez, a sustainable agriculture specialist with NCAT's ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program, has a conversation about biostimulants with Mire Park, a master's degree student in the Plant Sciences Department at the University of California, Davis. Omar, who works out of NCAT's Western Regional Office in Davis, California, and Mire give an overview of biostimulants, which are generally described as substances that aren't fertilizers, pesticides, or growth regulators, but can affect plants' yield, quality, and vigor. They discuss categories of biostimulants, how biostimulants may affect plants, the sometimes difficult task of defining which substances are biostimulants, Mire's research, and ways in which farmers can begin to look at using biostimulants on their crops. Let's listen. Hello, I'm Omar Rodriguez, a sustainable agriculture specialist with the National Center for Appropriate Technology. I'm sitting here with Mire Park, a master's student in the plant sciences department at the University of California, Davis, where he's currently studying a variety of different biostimulants and their effects on plant yield. Hello, Mire. Hey, Omar. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, I was wondering if you could take a minute to tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of like what a biostimulant is, basically. Yeah, so um, I'm currently a master's student in the horticulture and agronomy graduate group here at UC Davis. I'm working on biostimulant field screening trials where we use uh, remote sensing technologies and different plant physiological instruments um, to understand when biostimulants work, um, efficient timing rates, um, application methods for biostimulants. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what my um, trials focused on is field screening of these products so that we can evaluate first in the field if they work and then take them back into the greenhouse for uh, further investigation. Um, and yeah, that's my main main focus of study, biostimulants and field screenings. All right. Um, so could you give us like a brief definition, if there is one, on uh, what a biostimulant is? Yeah, so the accepted definition of a biostimulant um, today is any product that's not a fertilizer, pesticide or growth regulator so a non-traditional agricultural product um, and I always compare it to um, human health supplements Um, you know for example if you were to get um, some jasmine tea extract from a a natural health store um, these are the types of products you'll find with biostimulants where they don't act like food um, they don't act like your multivitamins um, but they claim to have some other ingredients that stimulate um, increased health. So, so maybe something like a probiotic or something yeah, exactly. along those lines. That's even better. Yeah, probiotic. Um, so these things that are we know um, potentially work, but they're so complex um, that we don't understand fully exactly how they work. For those that increase yield, for example, um, how does a biostimulant fit into that? In other words, like how might a biostimulant increase plant yield? Yeah, so um, an example you'll find in um, several um, 
biostimulant categories um, and their respective studies, you'll learn that they increase plant yield simply because there was a root growth effect. Um, and that root growth effect could have been stimulated by the product um, through content of phytohormones, um, which would be a plant growth regulator. And that gets, um, you know, later we'll talk about it, um, why it's problematic in its definition. Um, so that's one example where you just simply induced um, greater rooting surface area that allows for greater fertilizer uptake and water absorption, um, and that's what increased your yields. So the biostimulant indirectly mediated, um, affected fertilizer uptake and water uptake. That's one, one possible way a biostimulant can increase um, yields. Um, and there's the other side, which would claim a direct effect by a biostimulant. So it, it stimulates a novel pathway that um, allows the plant to have um, stress sensing um, enhanced so that it's able to avoid damage during a stressful condition. And so I separate those effects, you know, into direct effects like that one or indirect effects like we talked about earlier. So you're saying like some sort of immune response, basically. Exactly. And so there's um, components such as zeatines, um, transzeatines. These are all stress metabolites. So things that are produced when the plant undergoes a stressful condition. Um, these are ingredients that have been found in biostimulants that can induce these responses when there actually is no stressful conditions so that they're ready when they face the stress later in the season. And so this would be referred to as priming. All right. So, so it seems like a lot of the um, traits that we would ascribe to fertilizers and pesticides, like um, resistance to diseases or increased yields, are actually um, due to a secondary factor that these biostimulants give to the plant. It's not because they contain a certain amount of NPK or a certain um, actual pesticide. There's some secondary function that's that's happening, um, whether that's in the soil or promoting some sort of mutualism with the uh, um, microflora in in the ground. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit a little bit more about that? Yeah. So that's a it's a good distinction right there. It can interact with the soil microbiome through two um, ways. Currently, would be um, actual inoculation with beneficial microbes. Um, there are some microbes um, listed as biostimulants um, that produce symbiotic relationships with plants, um, and/or they compete with pathogenic organisms um, to improve overall plant health because of. Um, removal of pathogenic organisms or competition. Um, however, um, the other way could be is changing the soil environment. And so some of these products claim to change the um, everything from the pH to the um, electrical conductivity of um, the soil solution. Um, and so these are uh, alternative ways that they can affect the soil microbiome. Hmm. Um, and given their um, kind of unique uh, categorization, how how are they regulated? Yeah, so currently they are um, 
not clearly defined. Biostimulants do not have a clear definition um, by any organization um, that we have in the in the United States. Um, the EPA just released some guidance on how to define a plant biostimulant. Um, however, like past releases from organizations, not just the EPA or CDFA or DPR, it's very unclear as to what a biostimulant is because they are such a diverse group of products that trying to define them as not being fertilizers, pesticides, or growth regulators is a very problematic definition because some of them are plant growth regulator. Um, some of them are having pesticide function. And so this is um, something that will be much clearer after the submission of the Farm Bill on December 20th this year. I went to the Biostimulant Conference in 2017 um, and we did have a speaker from the, um, the, uh, California, I mean, not California, from EPA, um, that was, uh, interested in biostimulants at the time, um, because for them, they didn't know how to regulate it either. And there's supposed to be an organization that's supposed to lay the law down for, um, how to regulate these products. So I think they're too new at this point. I mean... Even with fertilizers, we don't fully understand their interactions. Um, yeah, we know nitrogen helps the plant grow bigger, but we don't understand the, the complete suite of nutrients and exactly how they all interact with plant growth, mm -hmm. especially on a crop-specific level. So um, I think ag research is so behind um, at this point where we're still fine-tuning traditional agricultural products and how to regulate them. I, um, I'm not surprised at that time, at least, they didn't know how to regulate it. Um, it seems like the, um, the general consensus is though that we keep them separate from fertilizers, pesticides, and plant growth regulators. Um, but then it gets tricky is also, even if you get it approved on, the, on a national level, um, you still need to work with organizations like CDFA or um, maybe in some cases your county to be able to apply some of these products. So um, we ran into a lot of hurdles running the trial last year trying to use certain products for um, harvestable crop that we wanted to um, sell. Um, and the issue was we needed to make sure it was approved. Um, although they were approved by the EPA, um, they needed to get approved by CDFA if we wanted to send the harvestable product through processing tomato channels. So um, I think regulation needs to be discussed on the different levels. So it could be yeah, national, um, state, or county. So what types of crop responses have actually been measured that you've come across um, that would be useful for a farmer to know of? So there is a lot of studies on just about every biostimulant that's considered major. So seaweed extracts, protein hydrolysates, humic acids, um, beneficial microbial products. Um, I'm forgetting one more. That's okay, we can come back to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of them. Um, but those are those are the four, and there's one more that, um, that are the major categories. And if you look up those biostimulants, there's a wealth of studies um, if you just do a quick scan on Google or um, I'd recommend Google Scholar um, and you'll find a lot of studies that have looked at 
agronomic traits like yield and um, basic quality um, parameters like bricks um, and plant growth. Um, plant growth and just being a dry matter of you know leaves, shoots, and roots. Um, and so those are the main categories they've been evaluated for. So for quality, yield, and um, plant vigor. Um, but yeah, those studies, there's a wealth of them for just about any biostimulant. And they do list the actual product they use in those um, papers. So it could help educate the farmer say, oh, I saw this product, um, for example, ActiWave um, from Velagro. Um, they found, you know, in four different studies that it increased yield in the X, Y, and Z crop. Might be um, useful information to also see when they applied the products and the timing made a difference and what application rates they put. Um, these are all things that are published um, relative to those traits. So yield, quality, and plant vigor. Okay, so, so let's say a farmer... Um, is interested in, in getting into biostimulants on, you know, on his farm or her farm. Um, what would you recommend a farmer does to like, you know, identify biostimulants and kind of like cater them to his needs? Yeah. So that's a really good question because since biostimulants have so many different products, it's hard to decide again, like you're saying, is this biostimulant the right one for my crop? And so, that information is available online. If you just do a quick Google Scholar search with the specific biostimulant and your crop type, um, they're most likely, um, for especially for larger scale agronomic crops like corn or tomato, um, you will find information um, of the effects of biostimulants on simple agronomic traits just like yield, um, quality, and um, general plant growth. Um, so those are studies that are available for most biostimulants and could help guide, you know, say you recently heard that this biostimulant um, is recommended for your crop. Well, you can do the research online just through um, looking through Google Scholar to see if there are actual um, studies that have shown yield increases or quality increase in the plant growth. Hmm. Are there any um, risks to the farmer like how would you recommend a farmer go ahead and like start with biostimulants? Yeah. And so by doing the research um, and let's say you find that 10% yield increases were found for this biostimulant for your crop, then you can do the analysis right there. So if say you're, you're pulling 70 tons an acre for processing tomato and you found that there was a 10% yield increase in the studies, then you can justify, you know, um, the, the added tons times the price you're receiving for them um, and deduct any costs related to buying the product, the labor to go apply the product, and the time you're um, using that equipment for. So um, these are all things that can help you calculate the net benefit of using this biostimulant. Um, and that's what I would recommend for um, a farmer to really decide, you know, if they should use this product or not. Um, and so, yeah, yield increases or quality increases mean more money for the farmer. And so just deducting those added costs um, would help them decide. So starting small and experimenting on... On strip trials. Portion of the property. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
that's an important one as well, yeah, with the strip trials. Um, because these products do have environment dependent or in the case you can't find any research for your crop, um, highly crop dependent as well. Um, these are things that the farmer could experiment with just using strip trials. Hmm. Um, all right, well, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, um, I'd like to recommend to farmers to continue to experiment. Um, although they can be known as snake oils, biostimulants um, do have promising products. I believe that some of these products actually do work. Um, in concert with traditional fertilizer plants mm -hmm. um, to increase, you know, effectively your yield um, and also the quality of the produce. Um, so I highly encourage farmers to continue experimenting, you know, whether that's a strip trial or um, just trying it out for a year. Um, I highly recommend to experiment. Mm. All right. Thanks, Mirai. Thanks, Omar. It was good to have you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to ATRA, Voices from the Field. Depending on the platform you're listening on, be sure to rate us and leave a reviewer comment. For more information on this topic, you can get in touch with Omar Rodriguez directly via email at omarr at ncat.org. That's O-M-A-R-R at N-C-A-T dot org. And please call ATRA with any and all of your sustainable agriculture questions at 800-346-9140 or email us at askanag at incat.org. That's A-S-K-A-N-A-G at N-C-A-T dot org. Our two dozen specialists can help you with a vast array of topics, everything from farm planning to pest management, from produce to livestock and soils to aquaculture. You can get in touch with them and find our other extensive and free sustainable agriculture publications, webinars, videos, podcasts, and other resources at the ATRA website, www.atra.incat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org. We'll catch you next week, and until then, keep on farming. <music>